Eternal Dirtles is a Hipsters of the Coast podcast sponsored by Paragon City Games and Bearded Dragon Games. You can support us at patreon.com slash eternal dirtles. Y'all know me, Phil B, Eternal Dirtles Legacy. Hated by these net decks, banlist, and those Hasbros, Wasi. Nate G, real OG. Arklet and Mavericky. Cradled out the Heron's host, so give no f about Lily V. Zach C, Berserker Dude. Pulls the rug on your attitude. Days then waste trick, flip this Delva. Swing for three with some altitude. Got bruise? We do. Metagame breakdown info too. Listen up, cause here's the show where we stack our decks like spicy news. Hello and welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me this week, Nathan Golia. Nate, how's it going? Pretty good. How about yourself? I, I can't complain, man. I just got my uh, CSA groceries, and uh, we're, we're sitting down on a, a pretty nice uh, Saturday uh, to uh, to bring on a, a guest. Yeah, I'm excited to bring on our guest, too. I got to tell you, though, I just threw out a mattress. Like, I just, these were moving, so I'm, like, getting stuff out of the house. And there were people looking at the house, so I used this opportunity to do a garbage run, and I'd like drive to this random park in the middle of t- in the middle of nowhere. Where there was an open dumpster, and when I got there, they were like just about to take the dumpsters away forever, and I just had to like negotiate with the guy driving the huge truck from like the window of my minivan to please put the dumpster back down so I could throw this mattress in there. <laughs> so it's been a pretty chaotic <laughs> morning over here. <laughs> See, in New York, we just throw the mattress on the ground, drive away, yeah, and it's, go. It's funny. You deal with it. In New York, I forgot. I didn't realize this until I moved. That like other cities don't have garbage men anymore. Like you just get like a garbage can that like they just grab with like a mecha- mechanical arm. Yeah. So anything that doesn't fit in the garbage can, you just don't get. To, you have to take it somewhere. Yeah, that's you have to, a like, problem. Haul trash in your vehicle to other places. Yeah, they just so can't like. The dump. They can't like uh, take Long Island and like drag it away. You know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Our guest this week is Michael Clifford. Michael, thank you for joining us. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Michael, uh, you are, you've been a legacy uh, grinder for a, a bit on Magic Online. I know we played a couple times. It's great to finally uh, you know, meet you virtually here um, at, at, with this news that you had where you are the winner of the Mythic Championship Qualifier that was legacy format on Magic Online from about a week ago. So congratulations yeah, on congratulations, that. congratulations, man. Yeah, thank you. Quite thank you. <laughs> I didn't um, even know this event was happening until like two days before. So I'm, I'm pretty glad I found out about it. <laughs> I got to ask, did you, did they, when they gave you the thing that said you win, they gave you like a little badge or something? Is that what they like show you? Like, No, they give you a, you do get like a foil sealed pack of uh, Allegiance. Yeah, and seeing that 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 little foil logo is pretty cool. Um, but they just like sent me an email, and it was in all caps. It's like you have won. And Are you was serious? Did yeah. it, I just got it up. Did it say Pro Tour or did it say Mythic Championship? No, it definitely said Mythic Championship. Okay, I was wondering because like there's so many little things on Magic Online that get forgotten, and I'm pretty yeah. sure someone got like a Pro Tour winning. Congratulations on the Pro Tour point or something. Oh. <laughs> I think I saw that the other day. That's but. Funny. So this is a legacy. This was a legacy qualifier for um, the, the Mythic Championship. Is it in Barcelona? Is that the one? Yeah, that's it's the one in Barcelona. Yeah. yeah. 
So it would be, I think it's War of the Spark. They haven't announced it, but it's most likely War of the Spark Limited. Yeah. Well, that's cool. So you don't have to, you don't have to come up with a deck. You just have to learn how to play Limited. Yeah. <laughs> a little more manageable. Yeah. Um, well, let's start with a little bit by talking a little bit about your, um, you know, background playing Magic. Uh, how long have you been playing Magic and how long have you been playing Legacy? Yeah, sure. Uh, so I learned how to play Magic uh, while I was at the YMCA as a kid. I was like nine or ten or something. Uh, and one of the people, uh, one of the people there, uh, like staff, and he taught all the kids how to play and stuff. And the first time I like owned cards was we did like a Lorwyn draft. Uh-huh. And of course, he's 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 this guy that's played for like twenty years or something, however long Magic's been out at the time. And yeah. he's just drafting with like. 15 kids that all don't know what the heck we're doing. <laughs> and I don't know, he made it a really good experience considering that none of us knew anything of what we were doing. Uh, and then we just kind of got hooked. And then like the whole crew while we were kids there, like in elementary school, we just were jamming games all the time. Uh, and then I started to take it seriously around, hmm, it was after misstep ban, after mm-hmm. survival, I'm not sure when that was, uh, but I was 14, I think, and my area had a pretty big legacy scene. Like, we had, like, 20-person weekly firing or something like that. Oh, wow. Yeah, uh, you live in, in Southern California? <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, I should say that. I'm from North Bay. I'm from Santa Rosa. It's okay. about an hour north of SF. Okay. I thought I lived in Southern California. Sorry. But, yeah, so you live and, in the Bay Area. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm in the Bay Area. Uh, our area had... A lot of people that were nice enough to loan out decks, uh, I, for whatever reason, would never say yes and would just play my absolutely god-awful decks at weeklies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I started out playing Burn like most people. Um, and then someone showed me this deck called Hypergenesis. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so that, that deck was, was pretty cheap. Uh, all I needed to get was show and tells and force wills, and then I just played like the rainbow mana base. And I got second at an IQ uh, just because I was playing Emrakul in my deck and people weren't yet. Uh, and then I felt I felt kind of encouraged to keep focusing on the format. And then I moved, yeah. Uh, and then I moved to show and tell until Victory Time got banned. Um, but I learned a love for Sensei's Divining Top during that time. And then, man, I missed stop. But until <laughs> Talk, you're telling it's me. a whole other episode. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. And then until uh, until Top got banned, I was jamming mostly miracles. Um, but I couldn't seem to beat any of the local ant players. So I put ant together just so I could learn how to play it, so I could uh-huh. beat it as miracles. And then. I was just like, well, this is this is just like the math puzzle deck, and I'm a math student. I would love this. Yeah. And then when Top got banned, I just moved more into playing Storm. Which is, you know, I I remember the end of the the end of the Miracles era was when I started playing Storm a little bit, and it was like fun because like once Miracles was so dominant that Storm could like play cards against it, like you know, main deck abrupt decay here and there. It was oh so God, easy to yeah. win, and they played yes. their own top, which was great. <laughs> yeah. Um, so near the end. Near the end of the top era, uh, a lot of the, the better Storm players, uh, the people that were doing really well online, were destroying Miracles because... Oh, sorry. The, the Miracle players... 
you know, your miracles, you're the control role. A lot of the storm players were able to re-engineer their lists. So post board, they were the control role, and they were the only ones that knew, not the miracle players. So the miracle players weren't trying to make aggressive lines um, against the storm player that boards in uh, four abrupt decay, two Xanad swarm, or uh, four abrupt decay, two cross and grip a Xanad swarm and empty and two more tendrils. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, and and man, that was. I just really like the play patterns of Miracles versus Storm when they had countertop. It's just a really interesting matchup. Yeah, because you well, yeah, either lost or you blew the or you blew them out because the top of their card was some, or top of their deck was something completely unnecessary, right? But uh, <laughs> it's a it's a bygone era now. So yeah, yeah. playing Storm. Let's see. I'm looking at the uh, TC decks. First placement. Um, uh, 730 2017 at a 2.5k at, at Channel Fireballs. That's just doing some quick math in my head. About uh, two years of, of pretty intense storm playing here. So Yeah, that um, sounds about right. Yeah. Um, so you've your experience with the deck, you find out this MCQ is happening, and you roll right in, and um, you don't have to give us a whole rundown of the tournament. We can tell you went 8 0 and then you won. So I don't think you, that means you didn't lose a match. No, I went, I went 7 1. I actually lost the very, very first round. Oh really? Oh wait. Yeah. So I. <laughs> huh. Did you feel know in like a challenge or something recently? Maybe. <laughs> or maybe this I is mislabeled. Sorry. Yeah, it's probably just it mis mislabeled. <laughs> There's a chance. Well, anyway. There's, so I I think I was like fifth after Swiss. There's a chance since I won the thing, they just shifted me to the top. I don't know. Sometimes MTG top eight. Sometimes they put. I, I had two results in a row where they put, um, like, for the deck, they put Michael Clifford and they put Ad Nauseam Tendrils as the deck pilot. No. So they yeah. do some... <laughs> so if you... So there was a short amount of time where Michael Clifford was, like, on the deck archetype list. <laughs> Ooh, nice. I always wanted to have a deck named after me. Yeah, right. Yeah, right? <laughs> um... So just to uh, we'll we'll post what I and we'll double check with you before we post to make sure we have the right list. But uh, yeah. looks like you've got uh, two passing flames, one dark petition main, uh, sideboard, two echoing truth, two Hercules recall, which is an interesting split, an extra pay, um, a couple fluster storms. So I mean I would say yeah, you've got like some some things that are you know some things we see a lot of, some things we don't see it a ton of. But why? Might tell me a little bit because you know as we're sort of entering, uh, we're recording a week before Niagara, and I don't know if we're gonna this will be out right before Niagara or not. But either way, like a lot of people are saying that Storm is the deck to beat um, right now. What do you think is making it well positioned in in the current meta? That's a good question. I think a lot of it has to do with people not playing Chalice, not playing Grizzlebrand, which might change for Niagara. Yeah. Um, but a big part of it, I think, is just you have such a good game one against most of the fair blue decks, and if you just sit back and be patient, Passing Flames is just near an unbeatable card for a deck like Grixis Control or Grixis Delver or even the any of the blue-white decks that aren't Miracles. They just can't stand you brute-forcing through all their counter magic. Yeah. Yeah, Passive Flames is a really crucial card um, yeah. in Storm these days. And, you know, it's funny, like, uh, if you haven't played Storm and you never resolve the Passive Flames, I know Zach has oh, yeah. uh, from playing it in Modern, uh, if not in Legacy as well. But you're just like, why is this card legal? 
Yeah, it's crazy <laughs> because like you can't play Yogmoth's Will, and this card does almost all the same things that Yogmoth's Will does. And every time I cast it, I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> and then it has flashback. Yeah, and then it has then flashback. It has flashback. Yeah. It's crazy. That's yeah, the most get... insane part of it. At least yeah. in the context of Ant, it's just it's an I win the game button. They have to counter twice, and you play two in your deck. So even if they power through both of them, you have four more tutors to find them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what are the decks that you mentioned? Chalice and Grizzlebrand, and you know we'll get to the London Mulligan and what's going on in Magic Online in a little bit. But you know, assuming that you know people are still playing those kinds of decks, you know, is that what you sort of geared the top, the sideboard towards trying to beat those kinds of decks? Yeah, that's that's a good question. So the worst matchups, without a doubt, are the Chalice of the Void decks. Uh, Eldrazi Stomp is your worst matchup by far. It's just there's not even a chance you win unless you get insanely lucky. Yeah. Uh, followed up, yeah, followed up by that are the other Chalice decks like the Moon Stompy deck. That one's especially rough because you can't even empty them because they have eight Rabble Masters and four Confluences. Yeah. <laughs> you can't get under the Chalice very well. <laughs> And when you're building in all these crazy board cards, you're ad nauseums a lot, where it's just so hard to win through the moon deck. Yeah. And then after that is probably Reanimator. Uh, just See, that's just because they're, they're faster. faster than you. You know, every time yeah. I try and play Storm, I either play against, like, all Grizzlebrand decks or all <laughs> Chalice decks. I really gotta <laughs> find, like, a nice, fair blue meta to just, like, actually try and do something. I played Phoenix Storm the other day, and it would, like... Ooh. Uh, it played. I played like four color loam round one, and then the mirror round two. <laughs> so like I even like you know it's just like kind of a funny. Um, you played the Phoenix Storm mirror round two? Oh no, I played against Ant, but it was essentially oh, okay. The That's close enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was basically the mirror. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so I, I find that to be sort of the case now too. I, I I always like I always leave like whatever my experience is like wanting to play white so I can play Serenity and just like because I'm like okay I've got this I've got this echoing truth I'll be fine and then it's like they play something else I can't be like, oh, all yeah. right <laughs> well the Hercules recall then like the next time they open on a ley line I'm like Ugh. <laughs> the worst feeling is when you have Hercules recall against the moon deck and then they play a scab clan berserker yeah and it's like what is that doing in your deck this is such a good matchup for you. And it's just, yeah. Uh, well, it makes it even better, right? They don't have to worry about, you know. Yeah, yeah you can just not not even worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, like, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot going on with 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 Storm right now. Do you? But I I think you you also like to experiment a little bit within the Storm archetype. I've seen you play like the the very the Ruby Storm deck um, a yeah. few times. Why don't you tell me a little bit about like? We can you talk a little bit about like um experimenting within storm and what sort of you think the, the room is or is it mostly just for fun yeah sure um i think so my favorite storm deck that isn't ant is ruby storm by a mile and yep. i've tried so many different variants i've tried the mono red version with um all the the random element cards i can't remember their names but like act on impulse hazard some something hazard some yeah <clears throat> ever since bonus round came out um, I think it's possible to play the deck just off of cantrips alone. Um, yeah. And I, yeah, so I tried a blue-red list. Uh, I streamed it with Jarvis a bit, and I've played it probably for, I don't know, maybe three months or so straight. Uh, and I kind of came to the conclusion, uh, after talking with Jarvis as well as a lot of other stream people, or sorry, Storm people, that 
I think there's a chance you can just play it mono red with faithless looting and overmaster. And there's a lot of really cool play patterns with overmaster because of bonus round. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I don't know, it looks like a meme deck, but you just power through any amount of permanent based hate, which is something that Ant or Tess or most storm decks just can't do. Like you laugh at Chalice, you laugh at Ley Lines, uh, just because I've, I've won through, I had a game where my uh, Moon opponent revealed a, cha uh, revealed a Ley Line, played a Chalice on one, a three ball on two, um, and then played a Rabble Master on three, and then I won on five. Because <laughs> bonus round just makes a billion mana. <laughs> yeah, bonus round is really insane. Zach, you ever seen this deck in action? I have not, actually. Uh, what, uh, j just because uh, there are two cards that I don't know off the top of my head. Overmaster and Bonus Round. We should probably explain what those are to people oh, listening. Oh, I love talking about these cards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Overmaster <laughs> is from Torment. It's one red for a sorcery. It says the next instant or sorcery spell you play this turn can't be countered. Draw a card. Okay. So uh, when, you, um, when you have Bonus Round out, it's basically a draw two. And then uh, what was the other one? Was it bonus round? Bonus round, yeah. Was that it, Zach? Was that, that was, yeah, that was it. Yes. Bonus round is from Battle Bond. It's one red red, and it says until end of turn, whenever a player, whenever a player casts an instant or sorcery spell, that player copies it. Um, and so basically, like, if it's it's very kind of similar to the to Pyromancer Ascension effect you might get in the Modern Storm deck, except that you can. If you play a bonus round after you yeah, play a bonus, bonus a bonus. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. So you copy the bonus round, which means you get... I don't know, man. I just, yeah, I, it, I just know it, I've won by then, so I stopped playing attention to try to get to the end of the game <laughs> without screwing up. <laughs> yeah, I've tried to I've tried to break Moto with that, and you can get up to 256 because you can play four of them and then flash them all back, and they work in an exponential fashion because... When you have a bonus round active and you cast the bonus round, you get two bonus rounds. So then instead of getting two copies, you get three copies. So it's four total. Whoa. Then four goes to eight, eight to 16. <laughs> yeah. And then like you cast a single seeding song and you sort of see how much mana you have. And it's like, yeah, you're like, I'll cast seeding song. I'll go from three to 80 mana. <laughs> um, shout out to uh, Mr. Cakes, our friend who uh, I think was the originator of the Ruby Storm deck or one of the originators he was from, who was from Brooklyn and now lives in Europe. But, uh, yeah, used to used to uh, used to another thing with that. Sorry, go ahead. Okay, sorry. Another cool thing is that you have three passing flames and four burning wish to find them. So against all the all Grixis control shadow, all that you just have so many copies of passing flames, and it's just the same thing with Ant Game One. They just can't. They just can't hold up enough counter magic to stop you. Yeah, it's a really it's a really good card, Passion Flames. It just does so much, and you see like red really being like a core uh, core color in all the storm decks. You know, a lot of the reason because of that, um, you know, and I, a lot of people try different stuff. Like, well, a lot of people, maybe just me, but like trying to entomb it and stuff like that as well. But yeah. <laughs> have you tried yeah. any other? Have you tried other variants on Storm? I mean, uh, you know, there's, oh, there's yeah. obviously there's like there's Ant and, and TES. So you got that, you know, available to you. There's the Phoenix Storm deck that I played a little bit of. I don't know if you tried that at all. Um, the the Phoenix Storm deck. Yeah. I have not. I've played almost every variant for a little bit. I haven't played the Phoenix one yet. I played the Grixis Phoenix deck. I haven't tried with the Tutor package. 
Well, it's it's funny because like the first two rounds I played with the Phoenix Storm deck, I was convinced it was the most broken deck that Legacy had ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Because like I was just like I was beating everything. Like they played a Chalice, I beat it. They played a Leyline, I beat it. They played they had Delver and I beat it. And then I just started losing games <laughs> over and over and over again because I didn't have like insane hands. But it is a really fun deck, and you should give it a shot. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah. It's a, like, I, the other night I was playing, I was just like, ah, crap, I miscounted Storm. Well, I guess I'll just cast this Buried Alive. <laughs> uh, yep. But, um, but yeah, so I, I, I think that I'd like to see some... The thing is, like, Ant, I find to be... Or maybe you can share your opinion on this. Like, is it just that Ant is so well theorized and it's so like the stock list is just so solid that it's hard to innovate around storms because of all the lumps you got to take with that kind of deck because i feel like there's a lot of opening for the storm archetype but we see ant pretty much being the most dominant version yeah there's there there are a lot of people that work on ant and ant players love to jam a ton of games so we get a lot of data points so that's definitely a big factor Uh, but i love to try all these other variants I, every Storm player's favorite archetype that isn't Ant is probably Spanish Inquisition. Because it's yeah, just great. like Ant on hard mode. And half yeah. the time you lose to yourself, but you just blast off and it's really fun. That's right, I forgot. I hadn't seen that in a while. Yeah. But that's a, that's a fun deck as well. Yeah, the reason you know, this will be sort of a segue, because we're actually in the middle at this point that we're recording of our War of the Sparks set review, just because there's been there's so many good cards. But when they spoiled Bolas' Citadel, I was like, this is great. And I was wondering if you had an opinion on on that card, which is three triple black. Let me look it up so we can read it. We're going to have another – we're going to write it at least one point by then. But, um, ah, stupid apostrophe. There we go. Three triple black for a legendary artifact. You may look at the top card of your library any time. You may play the top card of your library. If you cast a spell this way, pay life equal to its converted mana cost rather than pay its mana cost. Uh, and then there's tap, sacrifice 10 non-land permanents. Each opponent loses 10 life. I actually always forget that's there. Because just the <laughs> yeah, I wonder why. Like, being, able to channel through, <laughs> being able to channel through my deck seems awesome. So I was wondering what you thought of it. Yeah, so at first... I thought that it was just... Because a lot of people were calling it better ad nauseum. And some people were talking about it in Vintage. I thought it wouldn't be good in Vintage because all your mana is free already and uh, Yawgmoth's Bargain was unrestricted recently. Mm-hmm. But I totally missed on the how strong the payoff to actually put it on the stack is, especially for Legacy. Because there are so many times you cast ad nauseum with no mana floating. And, like... We, we often debate if you're favored to win when you add Nos from 20 with no mana floating because you brick so often. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and when you, when you put an ad nauseum on the stack and you flip a Cabal Ritual, if you could just turn that into five mana instantly, that's pretty good. I've yeah, spent, I find, yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I'll let you finish. Oh, I was going to say, I've spent some time making up some lists so far, and I, I want... 
I, I'm not sure if you would play like a three or maybe four tendrils list, but it has to be something other than the Tutor LED at Infernal Tutor LED package, because if it was that, it would probably just be worse than Ant. So that's why I'm I'm thinking like you might want to do a Dark Petition package because then you don't have to worry about getting Hellbent. Mm -hmm. Um, probably reach into more things like Chromox. I don't know. It'll be interesting. I, I I think that there's the challenge of getting it into play, and then there's the challenge of correcting for what happens if you like hit a land when you've already played a land. Yeah, but so I just can't. I can't imagine this card being bad if both if Channel and Yogmas Bargain are cards we can't have. You know. Yeah. One of the cool things about the land package, like you can go down lands and play more Chrome Mocks, uh, mm -hmm. but with this, something you can't do with Ad Nauseum is you can cast Cantrips while you're still resolving like your ad nauseum effect so you can if you see a land you can just say like if you have a ponder in hand or something yeah you uh, put you it in your hand <laughs> yeah yeah or you just resolve your brainstorm put two rituals back on top i bought four personal like tutors that. i'm going in i personal bought four tutor. personal tutors Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that's a good one yeah yeah um but yeah i, I really hope this this card does something just because i think first of all i think it's so it's such a it's one of those effects that you know is busted, and it's going to be hilarious the first time you get to play it. Like, you, like, actually get through it. It's going to feel so good. Um, it's going to feel like cheating. I mean, it pretty much is cheating. But um, I, I really hope we get to see yeah, something. Yeah, I don't like know. Like I, I haven't had a chance like to draw out of any decks yet, yeah, but yeah. This is definitely not Magic the Gathering as Richard Garfield intended. That's that's for sure. You say that, but he put Channel <laughs> and Alpha. Sure. <laughs> I'm a big Channel fan. I wish Channel was legal. <laughs> I'm hoping that the Vegas the channel comes Turn out. Turn one, Emmercool, go. Oh man. Oh yeah. Wait, don't go. Happens. I go. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, but then they go to five. Like they still have a chance. Um they could untap and draw like land mocks and play curfew. Pacifism or something. I don't know. <laughs> curfew. <laughs> um anyway. Anyway, yeah, that's just five to five. But anyway, um, so yeah, we've got that. I I did want to talk to you or ask you about the London Mulligan. Have you experienced this yet? I have. So my I play. It's been as of today. It's been live on Moto for like three days or something like that. Yeah. My my very first game with it. Um, I mulligan to five, and I put the wrong card on bottom, and I hit undo, and then it restarted the game. Oh, yeah. I bet you guys have heard of this bug. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> it is pretty good. Um, obviously, don't do this because it's cheating. Um, well, I, I, was I think they fixed it. They said they hot fixed it. Okay. Yeah. I was I was paired against a friend, and and I mulled to five, and I clicked the wrong card, and I was like, hey, I'm going to concede. you want to just see how this works? And he said, sure. And so we messed around with it a lot, and if you do it three times in a row, it just draws the match. <laughs> oh, boy. <Yeah. laughs> well... <laughs> Hopefully not still, but yeah. Yeah. On, you, on an actual note, on the actual mulligan. Or sorry, what were you going to say? I was going to say, like, yeah, I, I was wondering, though, like, were you playing Storm, and did you get any chance to, like, jam any actual games with it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I have, I don't think the world benefits Storm a lot, just because, as Ant, you just really don't mulligan. Like, you have so many hands that are keep. We always joke about, like, you know, six lands ponders this keep. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Uh, some people would say yes. But... It would be with Bolas of Citadel. You just, you just make oh, six land drops yeah. and win. Yeah, there's yeah. six less lands in your deck. How are you going to win? <laughs> yeah, right. 
anyway, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I I have multiple times played against an opponent that's mulled to five, and then I thought sees them, and I just can't win because they just have such a stacked five. Yeah. Uh, it's felt pretty unsafe for Legacy. Um, but maybe time goes by, things adjust, people adjust their lists. It's also possible that the hate counteracts uh, or like justifies this change. But man, I've had a lot of Reanimator players kill me on five cards on turn one so far. And a lot of Eldrazi players chalice me on one off of five cards. Yeah, I, I, I haven't had the chance to play it because I've been so busy with house stuff. But like, um, my feeling is that if everybody just rushes to like make the most busted turn one play, that some of that the, the rush of counteracting that might balance things out. And I do think that decks that don't have as much natural card selection will start like other kinds of decks, especially Maverick, which I think has actually been doing quite well in the past three days because sure. Maverick's so tutor heavy. That, like, you know, being able to sculpt your opening hand and get your stuff in the right sequence after a mulligan is, is really important. Because sometimes you just, like, because you can very often open a hand in Maverick that's, like, Dryad Arbor, Plains, Noble Hierarch, you know, stuff that you can't really keep. And you have to shove it back. And then you you're, you're, you don't you get every time you lose a card, you're losing that, you know, value that the deck needs because it just needs as many cards as possible to keep up. And at least, like, you know, a deck like that can can really sort of manipulate its opening hand a little bit better and, and maybe stick to it. And they have natural uh, sort of um, defenses against, you know, sort of like the Blood Moon strategies by having basics or the Chalice strategies by having Kasali Pride Mage. I mean, it's, there's not much you can do against a turn one show and tell, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's, that's when you're hoping point. that someone will find a blue, you know, a blue version that can, that can, again. I haven't, I, I'm looking forward to trying it. I think I might get a chance to tonight and we'll see and I'll see how I feel. But, um, I know, I know, cause I just know from, uh, you know, talk, chatting with you on, on, on the internet and stuff that you had played against it a couple times. So maybe we get some, <laughs> yeah. some live correspondence. Yeah. I think, uh, that Maverick, that Maverick point. Is a pretty good point because you're. I, I would imagine that Maverick gets better from this because a lot of the decks that get better. I don't know. I would imagine, like like you were saying, Maverick, you probably care a lot less about Chalice. You get your basics around Blood Moon, all that stuff. Um, and it, in addition to just having the non-blue problem, like helping towards that, I could see Maverick spiking up pretty soon. That's a that's a good point. If you always got to draw, because there are times when you draw seven cards in Maverick, and you're like, how do I ever lose with this deck? Which is weird because it's a green white like weenie deck, but you know sometimes you're just like oh that's really good and you, but like the more times you get to look at seven I think is good as opposed to going to five and you sometimes have to keep a five that's something weird like one land a noble hierarch and under the reliquary you know and you're just kind of like please don't bolt me <laughs> on the hierarch, never, yeah 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 so anyway yeah well um, I mean I I I'm so mixed on on the London Mulligan rule myself because like. The number of times where I mulligan to oblivion because I never see a land, uh, you know, it's obviously meant to help with those situations. That's the idea. It's like you shouldn't mulligan yourself to like four and never see a land uh, and then be like this. I, did, I had a non-game where I didn't even put any a, a permanent into play because I just didn't get anything versus yeah. uh, versus what it seems like people are angling towards in, in Legacy, which is like, how can I aggressively mulligan to the like three cards that i need to win you know uh and and th that's sort of what we're 
the you know that's that's sort of what we're trying to figure out is like is is that is that possible is it better to do that uh than to just keep seven and i i feel like it i know that for vintage it's it's obviously uh good for some particular decks but i can't exactly figure out like numbers for uh for legacy decks just yet so i was watching um i was watching cyrus play some vintage workshop games earlier uh, and he's trying this list with four white Leyline, four serum powder in a shops board. Just because with this new Morgan rule plus serum powder, it's pretty close to just shaping any hand you want for a deck like that. Yeah, yeah, that's and that that's what we came to the conclusion of in vintage is if you're playing with serum powder, you you can guarantee almost any card that you want to start out the game with. Oh, oh yes. Well, including the line. <laughs> right. And I think the one of the reasons that the cantrip decks have done so well historically or have, and have always gained a little bit of market share is because as, you know, new cards are printed, the value of the average card, like just a random card in your deck is higher just because your your cards are getting better over time. Um, because, like, let's say you started out with, like, ill-gotten gains and then they printed something else right so now your storm deck is that much better because you don't have to play ill-gotten gains right um (laughs) which i which i which i disagree with i love ill-gotten gains but i'm just saying i'm using that as an example of a card that was played in an archetype that i wasn't played right and so as each of your cards gets incrementally better the ability to see more cards and sort of get the cards you want in the right order gains value so and so this is just sort of a natural way of building that into the format or into the game where you just naturally get to pick the best cards in your deck, you know? So, so I never even really thought about playing uh, Cern Powder in anything but uh, but Dredge, and that sort of leads me to believe that if we see people abusing Cern Powder in this way, they'll probably restrict it relatively quickly. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty crazy, because you don't need to even play Cern Powder in Dredge anymore, because your percent with this new rule is higher than the old rule with Cern Powder. And you don't have to exile any cards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to. Yeah, I think Serum Powder, uh, it, it's a card that's either never, it's either does nothing or is busted. So unfortunately, that's one of the, the cards that will be a casualty of this change. But I, I I was not expecting to see so many. Now, I granted the rollout of this, that it, because of Magic Online's sort of nature, was a little bit ham-fisted in that there was actual bugs. And then there were people playing like horribly annoying decks just to be mean. <laughs> like so you had that sort of like bad but I, i'm really interested in trying it for myself now that some of the bugs have been repaired and, and now that's sort of the like oh like i i blood moon people on turn one for like three days i'm bored with that now has worn off and see what actually happens um, yeah and, and to <laughs> see what kind of cards figure. gain a little bit of value like hopefully maybe there's, maybe there's different cards than serum powder that gain value when we did our show on it i remember zach you and i talked about like that th- this is like the first this is the first of the mulligan rules that actually encourages you to make changes to your deck construction. Yeah. And, you know, that doesn't just mean your deck has to be as, you know, cruel as possible. It can just mean that, like, hey, I really like this fun thing. It's never quite made it. Maybe I can do this now because I have this access to this rule. So. Yeah, I mean, I'd I'm, love to see. I'd love to see yeah. the math progress on, like, we haven't even touched most of the best of one possibilities but that new opening hand algorithm that they haven't un- i don't think we know how it works publicly but on arena if you're playing best of one it skews you to a more resource heavy hand rather than light and hmm. so like like 
you could you can kind of just say cut a land, but if we knew the algorithm, we could see how the math behind that works. And I'm interested to see how long it takes for people to kind of re-innovate the wheel on mana bases with this new hand, if if you do at all. Yeah, and then the question then becomes, if you can do that already, maybe that does, I know it sounds weird, but like right now, eight cantrips is pretty standard for most yeah. decks. Where it used to be, like you just played your four brainstorm and you like added a few ponders and it's like, now you got to play four brainstorm and four ponder and then you start creeping into the preordain um, <laughs> area. And now, yeah. and so I wonder if that will open up the ability to just play more action and less of these. And so you have less of these games where it's like, I ponder, then you ponder, then I preordain, then you brainstorm. And like, you know, and you, have, you know, it can be kind of um, irritating. Uh, I'm I'm looking to see because I know we don't quite know yet um, what the Barcelona. Yeah, it says this. Oh yeah, I haven't said anything. So July 26th, 28th in Barcelona. So I mean, congratulations for getting to do that. By the way, <laughs> thank you, awesome. thank you. Yeah. <laughs> right, geez, late summer Barcelona, Spain. Um, yeah, it's the perfect. And, I, and, I, and we didn't know. Like, I didn't know if the, if the formats were all the same and it was always going to be standard or dual or whatever these things are. But um, since it seems like, I guess that kind of takes a little bit of the wind out of the sails of our last quest, which is like, have you thought about what you're going to play at the Mythic Championship? <laughs> cards <laughs> they hand you. Uh, <clears throat> cards, probably cards they hand me if it's for Spark Limited. Um, yeah. I haven't thought much because this happened a week ago. Um, but in standard, I've really liked Esper Control. Uh, but being a combo player... The team of reclamation deck looks really, really fun. Ooh, let's look at that. Yeah, that's a, it's a, it's an interesting. Sorry, deck. I'm saying standard words here. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I I, I've I've done Zach a little, might know. I don't. a little playing on 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 the uh, line with some standard stuff, and the reclamation deck that I have played against, because I play uh, Esper Control and Blue White Red Control. Occasionally, I'll dive into like Drakes or something like that, but. Uh, the the deck that I've seen uh for reclamation is not the uh what's called the uh take extra turns version it's like the search for its conta expansion explosion version expansion right? yeah yeah i love expansion yeah. Expo well, you explosion get, you get to put niv into play with this deck as i'm looking oh, at yeah. it and that seems awesome i mean yeah niv mizzet is dumb <laughs> you got to play niv mizzet and then untap and have six mana up yeah it's it's kind of silly <laughs> um with geez a lot of instant speed card draw wow yeah, what a deck. I mean, just being able to draw, like, six during the main phase and untap and be like, and I have a full grip, and I have, like, six cards, you know, it, it's it's pretty bonkers to play against, and, and you really, as as a as an opponent, you really have to counter the Reclamation because their deck their deck works oh my God, yeah. sort of fine without it, but if, it, if they get it out, it's over. The game's over. Yeah. Well... If you get to play standard and this deck still exists, because I don't know how long, how often standard changes, all I know is that every time I log into Arena, I've definitely missed something. Yeah. Because my deck now sucks, <laughs> and I gotta like get wild cards somehow. There's also. Uh... Sorry, go ahead. What? Okay. There's uh, uh, for any legacy players that are trying to get into standard, standard oftentimes is kind of boring compared to legacy, but there's a a mono blue tempo deck. That's tier one, and it really just feels like Rug Delver. Yeah, you just standard. play a Delver. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you play, you play your Delver Pierce. is. Yeah. Is, yeah, you play Spell Pierce. Your Delver, uh, I don't know, your Delver is just like a 1 1 unblockable. Your Tarmogoyf is is like a 7 4 flying <laughs> gin. 
Yeah, right. And your yeah, your your uh, your nimble mongoose instead of becoming a three three becomes a five five flyer. It's it's pretty crazy. Yeah, I've played this deck quite a bit, mostly because it's six dollars online. It is six dollars. <laughs> that is great. That's why I bought it, and I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I know there's actually standard right now is pretty interesting. That probably has to do with the reason why our set reviews are creeping into the couple hour range at this point, just because there's so many interesting, powerful cards um, that are coming out that are balanced for standard and either miserable or unplayable and in, in eternal. That's why we argue about them, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. but. Hey, Michael, thanks so much for coming on. Is there anything you wanted to add? Anything you wanted to talk about that we didn't get a chance to? Uh, not that I can think of. Um, exactly. you can find me. You can find me on Twitter, I guess. Yeah, uh, yeah. What's your tw- What's your Twitter handle? We'll actually include that in the bottom of the thing too. Okay. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Cliffy81. Uh, the I is a one, so it's C L one F F Y eight one. I talk about a lot of storm stuff and just magic stuff in general. Uh, yeah. Yes, did you have any last questions for? Uh, no, or... no. I mean, I'm just ta- mostly I'm just kind of taking all this in. It's it's crazy that like you know the thing that we had been talking about for so long, being able to qualify for the Pro Tour off of playing Legacy, uh, it happened. You know. Yeah, yeah. I was so worried about the whole circuit and everything because of the whole the whole playoff circuit. Um, I it's really com- complex. But uh, Chase won the Strife won the first um, uh playoff. And then that feeds into another tournament that if you win qualifies. And I was super focused on trying to get enough play points for that whole chain and everything. And then one event pops up and I spike it. So I'm pretty... <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, we're going we're gonna to hopefully have Chase on in a couple of weeks. Uh, he was on Everyday Eternal, which uh, if you uh, listen to, he you know, was pretty good on that and is a really interesting player as well. And you know, we just love seeing these people, or I, I definitely do love seeing these people who work so hard on Legacy get rewarded with a little bit of recognition by the larger magic uh, competitive scene by getting to play in these tournaments. So congratulations to you again. Thank you. We good? Zach? Yep. Where does he get those wonderful toys?